0: So I'd like to um, talk about Parsha's Kiseitse. The Parsha really begins with Kiseitse La Milchama, so it begins with, an, with, with a battle, and it ends with um, Amalek, which is a battle. And in this pericope between the two, the whole chapters 22 to 25 appear to be miscellaneous and unrelated. Between these two framing pericopes of battle we have respecting neighbors' properties, cross-dressing, shiluach hakan, sparing the mother bird, uh, putting a parapet on your roof, not mixing two kinds of seeds, ploughing two different animals, ox and a donkey, wearing clothing that combines two different materials, putting titsis on your garments, The rationale for this group of laws seems to be unclear, but several of the laws are concerned with mixing two things that the Deuteronomist feels should not be mixed. And that's a concern with maintaining boundaries and distinctions between things that perhaps could be mixed or should be kept separate, meaning there's an effort to maintain order and stability in the world. And that sets the tone for my... Meditation today, as to the framing reference of that order, which is kisetei Malchama, and you see her yafat toar, and you are attracted to her. That breaks down the moral order, and then we end up with Amalek, of course, who, in the rabbinic administ, ad- ad- the the rabbinic imagination. I think no one comes closer <laughs> to stretching the rabbinic imagination as to the evil that Amalek does. When Kaiser Wilhelm of Germany visited Jerusalem uh, during his journey to the Holy Land, all the religious leaders of Jerusalem came out to greet him, except Joseph Chaim Sonnenfeld, uh, who died in thirty-two the spiritual leader of Ashkenazi Jewry, besides Rav Kook, at the time. And when asked about his refusal, he answered that although the Kaiser himself was deserving of the honor bestowed upon him, he was a big friend of the Jews. Uh, the Jews of Vienna absolutely loved him. Uh, he's in the machzorim and sidurim that my father has from Vienna. Uh, Shlom Hamalchut, Kaiser Wilhelm II. All these kaisers were very, very um, friendly to the Jews. Nevertheless, Reb Yosef Chaim Sonov says, "I have a tradition that Germany is Amalek. Germany is Amalek, and we've, we have we have projected Amalek onto everything since then, <laughs> to the Palestinians." all the way down to Corona in the Jewish Forward. There's a uh, an article on Amalek as Corona, the hidden enemy within. What is it about Amalek that so challenges us? And that's what I wanted to review with you today. I also want to say that in, in, in terms of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, he considers tikkun abrit chastity as the sin of Amalek, meaning that Hasidut takes a malik from without and internalizes it. So that we go all the way from the Bible, in which it's some foreign nation that's attacked us, uh, through Midrash, which I will work through with you, down to Hasidut, in which, according to the Alta Rebbe of Chabad and the Kedusha Slavi and Rabbi Nachman, and the Chuas chain and the other Talmidim of the Baal Shem Tov, there is an Amalek working within us based on mystical uh, concepts of Amalek um, that transcend and holographically transcend the history and become cyclical and mystical and then internalized in our psychology. So the first thing to begin is with Rashi. And Rashi, on the parashat that we just read, Zocho es why should we remember? Asher that word korecho he happened to meet you on the way, when he happened upon you, why did he just happen? And the Midrash will fill that out, because shehoyim etamon es Yisrael, the Mishkav So Rashi quoting the Tanchuma said, it wasn't just a battle. There were The Canaanites attacked us before in Bishalah. What is it about Amalek? Oh, he attacked you homosexually. It was a personal attack. It was a sexual transgression. Dova achelashon <laughs> kor vacham. Kor could also mean coolness versus heat. Cold and heat. He chilled you because everyone else was very hot after Harsinai. And then he came along and in, according to the sikta uh, with his api courses, <laughs> So he cooled you, meaning the gematria of amalek is Safek, it's doubt. He instilled in you the concept of doubt that cooled you down to the heat of your devotion to the divine. Shehoyah umos And then the famous story that is brought that everybody else was afraid to attack the Jews whether it philosophically or militarily, and then comes along Amalek and he shows everybody else how to do it. And the story is like a hot bath that everyone's afraid to dip their toe in. And Boa Ben Belial, and a one scoundrel comes along, Kofats for your Latofi. He jumps into this hot tub and he gets scalded. However, even though he was scalded, he cooled it off for others, meaning they weren't afraid of dumping into the hot bath, or by his being in the hot bath, it was no longer scalding because he had taken some of that heat away. Okay, so whatever Rashi is bringing, it's a kind of expansion of... What does asher korecho baderech mean? What does it mean to happen upon you? The word should have been asher horgach, who killed you on the way. What's this korecho, cooling, or happenstance? And then he says an even more enigmatic word, he points out, b'cha Kana And he zanav. It should have said he killed you. What's Vayazanev? Zanav is a is a tail. Vayazanev. Oh, sir, he killed among you, he struck you, and again, it should have been killed, not a tail. Vayaharog, it should have been he, and he killed. What is Vayezanev? Rashi says, again quoting the Tanchumer, Makat Zanav. He whacked you with a tail. It's like some animals, um, can use their tails as a whipping, as a whip. He whipped you with his tail. Now, the Medrash actually goes much more graphic than that. And if I can quote, What he did was cause a wound with the tail. What did he do? And now he gets very graphic, (laughs) Chotkin Milo Sehen Shel Yisrael. He actually castrated them with that blow of the tail. He castrated them because the tail in Pirkei de Rebeleza and in others also is a clean term for the penis. He whacked you with that, meaning a blow through castration. And not only that, Zorkin Klapimala. He took them, gathered together and threw them up. Now, if you remember, when we did this mass circumcision before Sinai, there was a mound of foreskins. That mound of foreskins was also used in Midrash uh, to show what we had done by self-immolation or self-circumcision prior. Now he takes it a step further in this very graphic Tanchoma and says they actually castrated them and threw these penises up towards heaven. Zorkin Klapimala. Mala Omrim, and would say to God, Baze Lachom Ma Look, see what you chose. Lefisha Hayu Yisrael Yodin Mativa Shel Zmora. Take for yourself what you have chosen. And Israel did not know what the nature of spit was until Amalek came and taught them, as it says in Ezekiel, here they were sending the spit in their faces. That means that, that Amalek was spitting not Am Israel. What the what the what the Tanchuma has done is taken it to a, a mythical level. Deuteronomy 25, 25, 18. And what we've done is taken. What was historical now becomes mythical. It is no longer a battle between Amalek and Am Yisrael, but now it is a battle between Amalek and the Divine. He's throwing up. He's taking the circumcision, which is a kind of self-castration or a symbolic castration, and literally castrating and throwing it up and says, this is what you really wanted? And now it becomes a battle with the divine. Now Rashi carries on and says, in verse 18, And who did he whip with the tail? Ha-neche those who were weaklings in your acharecho, the, in the rear end. So we were taught in school, there were stragglers at the back of the camp, and he, in this act of cowardice, attacked the stragglers of Am Yisrael, the women and the children. But Rashi says, refers, like we said, koa, to those who lacked strength, meaning chalash, to be weak. mach Why were they weak? Not because they were the women and the children. They were weak because of sin. And if we go back now, not to the Tanchuma, but if we go to Psikta Darav Kahana because of their sin, Rashi says, Shehaya he'anan poltan. They were protected by a cloud. That protected them. And the Psikta says, they were protected by the cloud so that no one could attack them. Because they were invisible. <laughs> They're in the crowd. It's a mystical fog. So no one can attack them. <speaking in Hebrew> however, the weak ones, because of sin. Nin Nishol. Anan So there is a machlokus as to who was kicked out. And there's a machlokus between Rabuddin and Nechemia. Rab Nehemiah says, Who was grabbed? The cloud expelled those who were sinning. They lost their divine protection off the cloud and then they became visible to the enemy. It was their sin that caused them to be expelled from the cloud. The Rabbanan Amro, and Rabbi say, I'll tell you exactly who it was. Shifto Sheldan Shepoltod He'anan. It was the tribe of Dan who were expelled as a tribe from the cloud. Well, we know from the prophets and from Malachim, the tribe of Dan were the naughty boys. Why? Shehoyah Kulan Odin Avodah They already then were worshipping idols. They were already then problematic. They were then problematic. And the question is, Mm -hmm. you were... The Pasuk says, Tired and exhausted, velo yore elokim, and he did not fear God. So the question is, grammatically, he happened to you on the way. He encircled you, whipped you with the snake-like tail. You were because you were weak and tired. And now the next word is Velo yore Elohim. That is is very ambiguous. You did not fear God. Who didn't fear God? Velo. It's in the third person, singular. It could refer, I'll keep Shuto to Amalek. He didn't fear God. Therefore, he attacked you. But it doesn't go with the verse. It, the verse is switched now to Am Yisrael. You were tired and fatigued. Velo And you did not fear God. You see how it completely switched around from him to you. So Rashi is very cognizant about that and tries to kind of put the two together by saying, Amalek Elohim. Amalek did not fear God. Milaharalo to prevent him from harming you. <coughs> but in fact, really it appears that it is. You did not fear God. And you did not fear God then takes us back to why and what does it mean? What is it about Amalek? Is it Amalek... That is something that is external to us historically and then becomes internalized. Clearly for the Midrashic imagination, Amalek can only attack once there is already a problem with the immune system. If immunity, spiritual immunity is strong, then he can't attack. But once you've become weak because either the tribe of Dan has been messing around or you became cooled off. To the tveikut, uh from Har Sinai. I love the way the Netziv takes it into his own 19th century orbit and reinterprets it. The Netziv says, bo, and he hits you with the tail. He ensnared you. He goes, "Im shenit pakru zinav kola Those Jews who had already given off the yoke of Torah, clearly looking at the Enlightenment and Wissenschaft Judentums and the way the Enlightenment was now moving into Lithuania from Germany. Because now they were becoming Jews who were keeping the commandments the mitzvot anashim melumada. They were doing the rituals and Torah and learning by rote. Performative only. Because in their heads, they were, the winds of modernity were sweeping through. And Amalek wasn't successful with the main body of those who were True to the tradition, but Elo Bach, you folks, Hainu Rishay Yisrael, the wicked of Israel, Hayu you Rimlo, they assisted him in his dirty work. Lizanev, to ensnare Gam Otam Shehoyu Holchem BeYahadut B'mitzvot Anashim Mada, To ensnare those who were walking in the ways of tradition, but only in form only, only by rote. And then he adds, the and not with in-depth analysis, and with penetrating knowledge. They were able to be successful with that group. Do you see how the Natsif has taken that concept of Amalek and it's now become an intellectual concept? It's about assimilation. It's about Amalek being the representative of modernity. And then, of course, it carries on into our lives, as I said, (laughs) when it became the Nazis, when it became the Palestinians, when it now became Corona. So, The Midrash Sifri tells us that the wording in Asher Korocha Baderach means, as we said before, it happened upon the Jews. So there the Sifri says, battling at the time of the Sifri, 5th century, 4th century, the Hellenistic Rationalists, Uh, Amalek represents the belief in chance, a very Greek notion, of haphazard dictates of fate and destiny, which I wrote about last week in my Daft ditty, which opposes the Jewish belief in divine providence. So Amalek's philosophy at the time of the Sifri negates the concept that there is a purpose to humanity or to creation itself. Again, the antithesis of what was then Jewish philosophy. Now comes, I'd like to open you up to the Hasidic and mystical view of Amalek. Until now, Amalek has been external to us, whether militarily, whether philosophically, whether theologically, he's outside. But in the mystical tradition, Amalek becomes internalized. Amalek, according to the Orachayim originally, represents the means by which the Yetzirah becomes internalized within us. Going back to Adam and Eve, when the snake and the Zanav, (laughs) same word, snake, Zanav here, that Amalek is somehow connected to an archetypal, mythical notion of the dark side of the divine. Remember, the snake is the Samachmem, who is a fallen angel, one of the tallest angels, the highest angels. And he is sent out of heaven, and he now, down on earth, does his dirty work. He is the Sam, the Sam HaMavet, the Malach HaMavet, the snake, the serpent. And he injects Eve with his Zuhama. His residue, his filth, which now man and women have inculcated, this zuhama of the serpent. And the whole process of history, according to the mystical tradition, is a tikkun olam, a tikkun of that hate of Adam and Chava, which comes down internally as... The Nachash, the grass says the Nachash is our spine. The head of it is the coccyx and the tail is the cervical spine. It's within us, literally or metaphorically. And outside of us, he represents himself holographically in Esau, Amalek, Haman, and all those in history who have wanted to destroy us physically, but also spiritually. And so when the Orachimist says, Kiseit seilamilchama, that... Framing reference of battle and battle. the beginning battle going out into war isn't into war, it's Elo Adam Halochem im oyevo. It should have said im oyevecha, when you go out to battle with your enemies She im Yakumolovikur already there. But Orachayim says, you will only go into battle to need to fight if he comes up against you because you have been weakened by that immune system. And so the Alter Rebbe of Chabad tells us that the numerical value of the Hebrew letters Amalek is 240, which spells Safek, doubt. So already now... The Lithuanian branch of Hasidut, very rational, says that I'll tell you what Amalek is, it's within your head. Not only that, it's within the doubting Thomas in your head. I don't know about that. Yes, 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 I don't know about that, that's Safig. I was, I'm, I'm referring you to um, Alexa for the elderly. Please Google it or go to YouTube and go Alexa for the elderly. I don't know about that. That's the Safek. That's the doubt that's in each of us. All things holy are certain and absolute. And the dark side of that absolute nature is doubt. Now in Chabad, it's Chachma, Bina and Das. And in Kabbalah, Amaleik is the backside of Chabad. It's behind the neck. So it disconnects the head, the mentalities, the intellectual, from the heart, the emotional. Safek does that. You have an emotional attachment, then, I don't know about that, the head disconnects it. That is where Chabad, the oref of Chabad, you are stiff-necked nation, amkashay oref, the back of Oref is where Amalek sits. So for Chabad, it is doubt, irrational doubt, that cools the fervor of Kedusha. And the Alter Rebbe continues in Tanya that Amalek represents the philosophy of chance, just following up with the Sifri, an atheism that deprives the world of all purpose. We're here by accident and have the right to live how we please. The Kedushat Levi, the Alter Rebbe is the youngest Talmud of the Margit of Mezrich, the Kedusha Levi is the oldest, by the way, they married their children. They were, they, they were Mekhutanim. He says, "What? remember what Amalek did to you. And again, it's the Amalek within. It's the Amalek within that the Kedusha Levi is telling us about. So I wanted to suggest then that if we take this COVID seriously <laughs> and we say that, that Amalek is that kind of infection, that comes upon us when we are somehow uh, deficient, when our immunity is compromised, then we need to understand what what does that mean from a mystical perspective. The the mystical perspective is that until the gu'ula, we will be living with the dark side of the sefirot, the back of the neck as much as the front of the neck. And we are living on that mystical knife edge between light and darkness, between addiction and health, between rage and normalcy. And the question is, how do we negotiate that? How can that help us understand COVID and deal with it? Well, certainly, the military model, which is the way the World Health Organization, all the way up to Trump, hasn't worked, <laughs> we'll get that virus conquered. We will find the antidote. We will find the uh, the vaccine, you know. But this little virus is a little bugger. And in, I think it's worse than the 1918 virus, that flu epidemic. I think this fellow knows how to change its antigenic properties and very quickly. So it's going to be with us for a while. And for me, It's ironic that the coronavirus was given the name COVID, which, by the World Health Organization, COVID-19, and strangely, COVID bears the same consonants as kavod. Kavod, the ancient Hebrew word for glory or honor of the divine presence. And in the mystical literature of the Zohar, kavod is the shekhinah. So I'm reminded that in the kavod, a code word for shekhinah, the shekhinah in Kabbalah is the mother of nature, the power of creation, who is the one who receives from and fountains back to the other nine sephirotic nodal points. It's Malchut, the lowest one, and everything comes through Yasod into her. So the other nine masculine faces of the divine pour into this feminine Shekhinah face of the divine. She has a formidable face, and now she shows up to admonish us to correct us, to love us back into our rightful place as creatures, not masters of this world. And so for me, the true power of the myth of the Shekhinah is that if we can image the earth as Kabbalah does, as Malchut as the Shekhinah, then somehow our complete ignoring of her, of how we ruined our planet causing global warming, extinction of species, causing her to respond in kind. So we had become less immune to our spirituality by raping her, by despoiling her, by digging deep into the ground for her minerals and oil and depleting the oceans. Now she has unleashed this tiny hidden virus that must teach us just like Amalek, how we have exhibited hubris, confining us to our homes and socially distancing from our friends, neighbors and family. The psychological and personal cost has yet to be analyzed. But the lesson we must learn is that she, this dark side of Malchut, of the Shekhinah, has come back to punish us And maybe we should be opening ourselves to look at this pandemic in a way that can sweeten the stern denim through the lessons of this pandemic. And may the planet do tshuva before the changes are irreversible. Thank you. Have a wonderful week.